Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, pre-recording from the home bunker. Folks, I am taking a little bit of a break, but as always, I leave you with fresh content and interviews. Excited to welcome back to the show on this episode our friend, former Republican, thank God, Kurt Bardella. And in today's conversation, we're talking about that horrific country star and artist, the white supremacist, the racist, Jason Aldean, who wrote the song, Try, Don't Try That in a Small Town or whatever the fuck it's called. I don't care. But since this recording with Kurt, Aldine has taken out the images of Black Lives Matter protests from his video, his extraordinarily controversial, disgusting, bullhorn of white supremacy song and video. He's taken out those clippings. But that doesn't change the intent. It doesn't change the desire for him, a man who, by the way, wore blackface uh, for Halloween one year and has said a whole slew of racist things. It doesn't matter because his song, as of the time of this recording, is number two on iTunes because racists support racists. And that's what we know to be true. Kurt and I get into a conversation because he thinks, you know, maybe CMT shouldn't have pulled the video because the controversy just added more fuel to the fire and added to the popularity of the song because it had been out since May and no one was paying attention to it. So Aldine was like, oh, well, let me, you know, get some clicks. So let me make this horrific video in front of a site of one of the most disgusting lynchings in American history. And let me do that. And so his thought was, well, maybe CMT should have just played the video at like three o'clock in the morning, right? And had it on rotation at a time that nobody would have been paying attention to it and kind of let the issue lay. I 
am curious to know whether or not you all agree with Kurt. But we get into the conversation because Kurt is big in country music. That is, is his other job aside from politics, you know, creating the images and media for country music stars. So he is very embedded as a person of color, very embedded in the country music scene. So I wanted to get his perspective on the controversy. So we get into that conversation and so much more on this episode. Folks, you know that whenever I have the opportunity to speak with our friend Kurt Bardella, former Republican Democratic strategist, all-around opinionator, you see him all over MSNBC, read his writing in the LA Times, USA Today, and other spaces, And, you know, I got to shout out one of my followers and fans who said, you're talking about country music. Why did you have Kurt Bardella on? (laughs) And I'm like, oh, thank you so much for that reminder. Kurt, you wear so many hats. I forgot about this one. Um, But uh, a little while back, we had uh, Dr. Jonathan Metzl on, author of Dying of Whiteness. Uh, who teaches at Vanderbilt University in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to get his thoughts um, on Jason Aldean, I've spoke to others on on the other shows that I, that I host. Um, I've spoken to his music historians about the roots of um, country music and it predominantly being white and quote unquote conservative um, and racist. Um, and so I wanted to get your perspective um, as a person who is not white, um, who, you know, who is embedded in country music, um, and just to get your, your first, your reflections on this controversy that has had Jason Aldean's song, uh, you know, skyrocket on, on iTunes, skyrocket in sales. Um, and it is not a dog whistle. It is a bullhorn of racism. So your initial reactions. You know, it's interesting because a few months back in May, I was at the uh, Academy of Country Music Awards in uh, Frisco, Texas, near Dallas. And uh, his music label hosted uh, an event that they do every year. It's a brunch um, that included uh, Jason being there and previewing some of his new music. And one of the songs that he uh, played for uh, this group of people that I was part of was try that in a small town. And I remember when I was listening it to, for the very first time, I just thought to myself, my God, like this is the MAGA anthem right here. This is the song that will be played when Donald Trump walks out on stage someday uh, or at the Republican national convention. I mean, it's just, it's just such low hanging fruit and it's so obvious and easy uh, that, that of you know, of course, that's going to be the way that, you know, Jason goes musically, um, tapping into this perceived white grievance, uh, you know, that we hear all over the time that, oh, my God, these people, and by these people, they mean people who look like you and me are out yep. to take things from them. They're going to take yep. away their guns, their heritage, their culture, America as we know it, and they're going to turn it into some radicalized, crime-infested, Antifa-loving, uh, you know, scary nation. Um, that, that's really what that, these types of songs are about. Fast forward to the last couple of weeks. And uh, you know, I, wish, I wish somebody who was in the decision-making process about 
how they were going to react to the song, what things were going to happen, would have talked to me before doing anything. Because uh, I remember back in 2016 when mm-hmm. the Trump banning stuff started, I remember saying oftentimes to, to, to our mutual friend, Joy Reid, the worst thing that you could do to people like Trump and Steve Bannon is to not talk about them, not even acknowledge that they exist. They crave attention. They crave controversy. They court uh, you know, that, that discord and divide. That's what they get off on. The same kind of logic applies a little bit to stuff like this. The, the day that Country Music Television, CMT, pulled the Jason Aldean music video from the rotation was the best day of that world's life. They, lo- they were high five. Like, what a gift this is. How amazing is it that they're so scared of what we're doing that they're going to try to censor us? Uh, I could have told you right then and there that this song's going to be massively consumed now. Uh, you know, when 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 this started, the song had been out for a month. Um, right, right. No one was talking about it. No one gave a shit about it. Now you pour gasoline on it, and it's everywhere. It becomes a conservative cause celeb. It becomes something that that type of person leans into. Uh, they have made themselves out to be the victim because an action was taken against them. And so they get to now play that role that they do so often and gaslight the rest of us along the way. Uh, and it was such a strategic tactical error. Understand, I understand why people feel compelled to speak out against it. The imagery that is disturbing, the overt racist, you know, it's not even covert, it's overt racism here, folks. But at the same time, the way that you have to approach this conversation, particularly in this format, it's like I would tell you, be careful how you do it because you might make it stronger. You might make it bigger. You might actually make it so that more people now are exposed to this song than would have ever heard it in the first place. And that's kind of what happened. You know, but I, I want to push back a little bit because I, I want to ask you this, right? We were told the same things about Donald Trump, right? Back in 2016, it was Donald Trump is a joke, right? It's a, He's a joke that is good for ratings, that makes good, quote unquote, good TV. But we were told to ignore him, right, that eventually it would go away and it metastasized. And so I wonder if if with the same logic here, if Jason Aldean's video hadn't because the song wasn't pulled. The song came out in May. The video came out recently and it was the video where he's like, oh, they're not paying attention to the song. So let me bring in images of lynching. Right. Like, let me recall this. On uh, the good old boys and all of this bullshit um, to bring attention to it. If CMT hadn't of pulled it, right? Like, do we think that then they would have, we would have called them out for being complicit, right? The same way that, do I believe that if we had truly ignored, if we had given Donald Trump the type of attention that was needed to say this kind of politics is dangerous and cannot become. Uh, par for the course of how we move forward as a country, if we had given it that kind of attention, would MAGA have uh, metastasized in the way that it has? I hear that. I think my thing with Trump is, even though we talked about it that way, it never actually happened. He got a billion dollars worth of free advertising in that campaign from the mainstream media, who it was all Trump all the time. And so we never actually found out what it would have been like. If not, not that he needed to be ignored per se, but certainly the, the steady diet of 24-7, all things, all the time, Donald Trump clearly helped him. I mean, I mean he won. Um, and, and so I think that with the Aldine thing, um, 
if you want to to diminish someone, um, then then okay, don't pull the video. Play it at one in the morning. Just play it once a day at one in the morning. I mean, it's like there are ways to ensure that you can walk that tight line of like not really pushing it, not really giving it meaningful exposure, but not outright saying, oh, we're going to give you this gift of canceling you. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with people pointing out things like, hey, by the way, this video is offensive and here's why. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying uh, this video where you filmed that is, was the site of a freaking lynching for crying out loud. Uh, where you hung that American flag behind you is where a guy like, you know, was strung up so was actually hung yeah well it's like there's nothing wrong with providing that context uh i just think that especially in the country music space the one thing i can tell you is that this is an audience who when outsiders perceived to be outsiders come in and tell them how they should feel about a song how they should interpret lyrics uh why they are why they should be ashamed of themselves their immediate reaction to go go tell you to go fuck off like they don't give a shit like if you've never been to a country music concert your opinion doesn't really matter to them. If you've never listened to a Jason Eldine song instead of this one, they really could care less what you think of it. It's like, it matters who the messengers are uh, in this community. Like you got to have people that actually have credibility that have some relationship with the country music audience and the country music industry. If you're going to try to get them to see, Hey, there's another side to this. And here's why this is disturbing. Maybe there's a way we can work towards a better resolution that doesn't involve this thing getting 17 million views in the span of like 72 hours. The wait is over. The shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/slash the shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year. Equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. 
as a, a non-white person in this space, Kurt, what has your, I mean, did what has your experience been, you know, walking into concerts and going to these events and being, you know, intertwined in a country, I mean, in a culture, excuse me, in a culture that is, you know, kind of born out of the Confederacy, kind of born out of, you know, uh, of the idea that like Daughters of the Confederacy and Robert E. Lee and the Confederate flag and, you know, racism are hallmark, right? And have been. And Jason Aldean is not at all the first, like you can go back through music history with country music Mm -hmm. um, that came out in the 60s against, you know, uh, against those that were protesting against the Vietnam War that came out you know, for against those that were protesting uh, segregation, so uh, I'm integration. So, what what is the feeling like for you? You know, it's interesting because I'm always cognizant of the fact that in almost every scenario that I'm in, I'm the only Asian that's there. Like, let's just be honest here. Um, that I'm one of the few outright minorities that that that's at any event, uh, you know, or part of this industry in any way. Um, I, you know, I definitely am more self-conscious about that in that setting because it's just so glaringly obvious. But I also then, you know, believe too. It's like, listen, the only thing, the only way we can change things and make things better slowly, incrementally, you know, is is to is to have that presence and to have some kind of visibility. I'm very fortunate that you know what I have built, uh, you know, which is a country music media company called The Morning Hangover, has been accepted and embraced by the country music industry itself. It might surprise people to know that a lot of the people who actually run the industry are hardcore Democrats. Uh, you know, three of the five presidents of, of, of the labels are like progressive, the most progressive people you'll ever find in your life. I do think that there's another side to country music that we, we sometimes overlook in these conversations when I think about uh, particularly feminism and women empowerment. I think about artists like Dolly Parton, artists like Loretta Lynn. Uh, you know, art, artists who have broken uh, gender barriers. Um, you know, when you think about Shania Twain and Faith Hill, who in an all-male dominated uh, culture rose above all of that and, and, and shattered records uh, with, with their music and, and their stories at the time. Uh, I think about artists like Brad Paisley, who has devoted the last you know, half, half a year of his life to shining a spotlight on the war in Ukraine and the plight of the Ukrainian people. I think about artists like uh, T.J. Osborne, the award-winning Brothers Osborne, who was the first, uh, you know, superstar level artist to come out as openly gay. Um, I think about Mickey Guyton, you know, uh, and uh, one of the most talented vocalists I've ever heard in my life, singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl as a black female country music artist. I think about, uh, you know, Willie Nelson, uh, who doesn't get more country than Willie Nelson. He's about the most lefty hippie guy you're going to ever find in your life. Uh, who's always doing things to try to help Democrats uh, nationwide. So, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot to, to give you heartburn about country music uh, and, and, and the history of country music. But I see these little glimmers of progress, uh, you know, and when we talk a lot about white America and the flyover states and white suburban voters and the political reality of how, as Democrats, we do need to win some of them at some point. Uh, to hold some of the gains that we've made in places like Georgia and Pennsylvania, uh, Wisconsin. Uh, I, you know, it's like we, you can't beat something with nothing and we can't surrender 
this entire group of people to the MAGA extremists, because if we don't give them an alternative, that's where they're going to go. And so we need to at least make a concerted effort to show that there is an alternative. There is a way to talk to these people. I think someone who does it actually really, really well is Pete Buttigieg. I remember when he ran for president, Pete was the only presidential candidate who went to Nashville, actually did interviews with country radio. One of those interviews actually got banned from broadcasting, as a matter of fact. Uh, and, and it, and it made it bigger though. It, like, it, it, like same thing, it made it bigger and, um, you know, it, it never hurts to try and we can still call out the bullshit that we see when we, when we see someone like Jason Aldean wear blackface in a Halloween costume, which by the way, he did not that long ago. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah. It's like, it's yeah. like we can, we can absolutely and should call that out. Um, but there's also another side of this genre that I have seen and artists who are making a difference who are blazing trails, you know, Brooke Eden, you know, you know, is, is one of the first uh, lesbian country music artists who, you know, recently got married and at her, at her wedding was Garth Brooks, uh, you know, standing with them. It's like, that's the kind of stuff that we need more of the same Garth Brooks who, by the way, performed at president Biden's inauguration. You know, it, and I'm, I'm so appreciated. This is exactly why I wanted to talk to you about this issue because it is something that is, you know, outside of my, um, purview outside of my understanding. So to be able to shed light on those people that are inside of the industry that are trying to make advancements. My question for you, Kurt, is when you see, though, someone like Jason Aldean's music now go off the charts and you yourself just said, well, we'll, we'll probably see Trump walking out to this or DeSantis or whomever. Um, it will be the theme song of the RNC, you know, and uh, and all of these things. What does that tell you about the pot, even the possibility of making inroads with people that openly embrace racism? Right. Like, again, this song, this video was not a dog whistle. It's like I'm a racist. Fuck you. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, there was a time 10 you know, 15 years ago where we were making inroads in terms of pushing those people to the margins and their careers being ruined because yeah. of be because of those types of actions. And now we're at a place where you're making purposeful inroads into racism and it's ballooning your career. Yeah. So what what does the bridge look like when the reality is that there's no incentive here to be a better person? Well, I think that again, just like in anything, yeah, there are there are there are some really bad actors in every industry on some level. I feel like, and there are people who I vehemently disagree with and will never support personally. Um, and 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 it's always disheartening when you see you know bad behavior get rewarded in some way. You know, it's like this guy's going to make millions of dollars off of this song. Yep. Like he, like there is uh there, the incentive to continue this behavior is there for him. Um. But I think for me, it's more about making sure that this industry and this genre that I that I personally you know love so much doesn't get painted as just the Jason Aldeans of the world. It's like I, I you know I, it just as his song right now is doing well. Like I've seen it when I remember when Casey Musgraves won a shit ton of Grammy awards and sat on a rainbow on stage performing a song about inclusiveness. I think of, I you know, I was there when Marin Morris sold out the anthem in D.C. and five thousand fans. Uh, you know, saw her and, and her unique brand of feminism and women empowerment and equality, uh, you know, you know, reached that type of a pinnacle. 
And so for every Jason Aldean that exists, I do think that there is also a counter to that. And at the very least, what I hope we have is at least balanced. Like, yeah, we're not going to win all these fights. There are going to be artists who, who, who excel and succeed, who have horrible messages. And I hate that. But that makes me even more determined to make sure that we promote and support the artists who are fighting the fights the right way, who are putting out music that is art, that is relevant, that is saying something that is meaningful, and that we give those artists every shot to get as much exposure as the Jason Aldeans of the world. The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/slash the Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Could just be in me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. With a couple of minutes that I have left, um, I, I would be remiss if I don't talk about uh, Ron DeSantis's campaign. Who? And... <laughs> And the fact that I have never seen somebody need so many restarts um, in such a short period of time. I mean, I think that it's been two months since he officially launched his presidential bid. He has since fired like a dozen staff, laid off a dozen staff. He has had multiple restarts, um, according to every outlet. Um, donors are not interested in him. And let's just be clear, his laugh is terrifying. Um, on top of the fact that we have normalized his fascistic campaign by not calling out the things that he is calling for, like, oh, I don't know, uh, an end to public education, the IRS and, you know, other things that symbolize democracy. So what do you make of Ron DeSantis, and is it too early to just call it on on him as a as a real contender? What 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 do we what do you Ron, think? Ron DeSantis's hail mary 
is that Donald Trump somehow just implodes through the legal challenges that he is facing, and and then he'll just kind of be the, the last guy standing. I guess is, I mean, it's really it's embarrassing. I got to say, this has got to be one of the most embarrassing political chapters I've ever seen anyone on either side of the aisle have to endure. Um, and, and and here's the fundamental thing: Ron DeSantis is a spectacularly unspectacular human being. This is not a guy who, if he walked in the room, you would want to go shake his hand because he's impressive. There's nothing about him that's impressive. And when you're running for president, especially against a cult of personality like Donald Trump or someone who's got natural charisma and people skills like Tim Scott does on some level, uh, you're, you're really in a bad spot when the campaign's decision is the best thing to do is to hide you from voters and avoid interpersonal dynamics because you're kind of like a cyborg and nobody really likes you once they actually start talking to you. That's really insurmountable uh, in, the, in this day and age, the way that campaigns are run. Uh, and, and I know that they're trying to rewrite the script now, like, well, we're going to let Ron be Ron. No, you're not. Because Ron being Ron is what we've seen for the last two months. When you start a campaign, you put your best foot forward. You lean into your strengths. You do what you think is, is, is what your candidate is best at. That clearly has not swept the nation by storm in any way at all. And so now you're forced to manufacture a candidate. You're supposed to create uh, events and atmospheres that make it look a certain way. But we all know that it's all phony, that he's just trying to be something that he's not. Um, people, for better or worse, they can sense authenticity and when it's real and when it's not. Say what you want about Donald Trump. Most people believe that the guy that they see on TV, that's pretty much how he is all the time wherever he goes. I don't have a hard time believing that either. I'm sure he's a bum, you know, just a, a, a pompous, narcissistic asshole everywhere that he goes. Everywhere um, that he goes. <laughs> not hard for me to believe at all. Nope. Um, Joe Biden. I, I think most people believe that what you see with Joe is what you get. Like, he's just Joe Biden. Uh, that, that was the problem with Hillary Clinton. Most people didn't know who she really was right. or what she was yep. really like. Ron DeSantis, nobody really knows who this guy is. What and they he's don't like. to know. And, I think and, that, that I think that I well, think that's the thing too. They don't actually the, want to know. He's he's got the Ted Cruz problem, but like I wouldn't want to sit next to this guy at lunch. Oh my god, I don't want to pick him. He, like Ron DeSantis got picked last, like you know, in Jim. I mean, this is like not a guy that had a whole lot of friends, um, and it shows. It, it, and it's just so un- it's so uncomfortable to watch him try and perform. I guess for lack of a better word, um, and. And none of that is the fault of staff. None of that is the fault of a campaign mechanic or organization or fundraising. It's like, no, the flaw in the Death Star is actually the candidate. And you can't really do anything about that other than have that candidate take a step back. Last question for you, Kurt. You know, Republican debates coming up uh, uh, the end of next month and or I guess like the end of August. And. Donald Trump probably is not going to show up. Ron DeSantis is probably not going to show up. So who comes out the winner and the loser of that, uh, of who's left on the clown car, in, in the clown car? I don't know why any candidate that has any self-respect would actually want to participate in what is the tier two debate. Because um, you're just acknowledging that you're, that you're not a main event player. Uh, if I'm Ron DeSantis, I'm reevaluating this because, like, man, you need as much exposure as you can get right now because you're in free fall. Um, if you're Donald Trump, you know, there's a part of me that always wonders with Trump because it's like, you know, he loves being the center of attention. And right. if everyone shows up and he doesn't, that's going to bug him. Um, but then he can, just, he can just use his broke ass Twitter 
the entire time and, right. you know, and burn the whole stage down. Well, there's a part that wonders, like, you know, if if he's indicted again, like what his mental state is, it's like, is he going to feel like he needs to come out and fight and then show up that way? I mean, again, I don't think he will. I think I don't, I mean, if I'm Donald Trump, I don't show up either. There's no reason to, you're beating the crap out of all these guys. You have nothing to gain other than satisfying your massively ginormous ego, uh, which is something that's like, listen, when it comes to Donald Trump, I think we've all learned, you never know. You never know what he's going to do. If there's a dumb thing to do, he just might do it. He just might do it. So, we won't, we won't, we won't make our bets yet. We'll do it closer to to see <laughs> if he's indicted for a third time and a fourth time uh, before that happens. As always, my friend Kurt Bardella, always a pleasure getting your analysis and you know doing that deep march into the Republican brain. We appreciate I know, it. I sadly know it well. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate you. That is it for me today, dear friends, on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people. Power, get woke, and stay woke as fuck. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.